Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Encounter Church, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you want more information about Encounter Church, please go to our website, encounterchurch.ag. Thanks again. Enjoy the message. We've been talking about who are we as a church, um, why do we function the way that we function, um, what is our thrust in life, what really gets us moving, and where are we headed with all of this. Now, up to this point, we've looked at our mission. Do you remember what our mission is? Love, reach, empower. Three vitally important words for this church. Love, love God, love people. That's what the Bible tells us to do. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Reach. We reach up. We make a connection with him. We reach in, do the needed changes. How many of you know we all need changes on the inside every day? Some days more than others, right? Come on, anybody else in the house going to be transparent this morning? But we've also got to reach out. We've got to make an impact on those around us. And finally, empower. We empower others to be disciples. And then we've taken the time to look at our first six core values. Let me rephrase them or restate them for you. We value prayer, not mere chatter. I would encourage you, go back and listen to these. Let God really speak into your heart, because if you agree that you're part of this body, then the DNA that runs through the veins of this great church should also run through your veins. So we value prayer, not mere chatter. We believe that prayer is our lifeline. We believe that we need this continual uh, connection with God. It's our opportunity to not only speak with Him, but also to allow Him to speak to us. Amen? We are unifiers, not dividers. Our culture, our society is anything but unified right now. Right now, our culture is majorly divided. The church must begin to lead the way for unity. We don't maintain, we multiply. In other words, in ministry, we reproduce ourselves. We raise up other leaders. We venture out beyond our walls. As we talked about, we're going to launch a campus next fall, fall of 2021. We are all about the mission, fulfilling the mission that God has laid upon our heart. Everything that we do, every activity, every event has got to line up with our mission, love, reach, and empower. Next, we model integrity at all times. Do you remember what I stated on that? If we don't model integrity at all times, then we don't model integrity at all, right? If there's inconsistency, there's not integrity, So you've got to model integrity at all times. And then today, I want to look at our final core value. We pursue excellence because God deserves excellence. We pursue excellence because God deserves excellence. But let me be honest with you on this, right on the forefront. These are core values. These are goals. These are things that we're aiming toward. I am not saying that we've already achieved excellence, okay? Because why? Because we're faulty. We're people. We, we make mistakes. We don't always do things the way that we need to do. But that's why there's a the word pursue in there. In other words, we see the need, we have a desire, so therefore we're going to put some umption to our gumption. Come on, somebody. That's a good Southern Missouri phrase right there, umption in my gumption. 
and we're going to move toward excellence. So everything that we do as a church must model excellence because that's what God deserves. But I would venture to say that there are many churches and quite honestly even many Christians that fail to strive for excellence in their walk with God or even in the church because we simply settle for good enough. Well, pastor, we really don't need to improve that. It's, it's good enough. Well, that's the way we've always done it, so it, it's good enough. It'll be all right. Well, it, it's good enough. But can I submit to you today that I do not believe that good enough is good enough. When we are representing Jesus Christ, when we are doing everything that we do as if it's done to Him and not for others, then it must be done at the best that we can give. Good enough is not good enough. God deserves the best that we have to offer. Why is excellence so important? Because I believe that God deserves the best. The best worship, the best preaching, the best training, the best teaching, the best greeting, the best door opening, the best bus driving, the best uh, grass cutting, right? The best coffee, come on, Ozark. See, we used to have Folgers, but we realized that wasn't the best that we could offer. Thank you. The best me... The best you, the best encounter church that we could possibly give him. But notice, I did not say perfection. It doesn't say we pursue perfection because that's not realistic. There's not a single one of us in this room today that can achieve perfection. The Bible says that every one of us falls short. I don't care how talented you are. And in this room, can I be honest with you? There are some incredibly talented people. Man, some of you can do some things that just blow my mind, what you're capable of achieving. But I've learned something. Even in the greatness that you perform or that you show, you're not perfect. There's going to be something or some time or a moment that you, you falter or, or don't quite achieve perfection. And you know what? That's okay. We're not talking about perfection. We're talking about God, giving God the best that we can give. Striving to offer Him our all. It was Pastor Craig Groeschel, a, a great pastor, that once stated this, you cannot change what you are willing to tolerate. If we fall into the trap of saying, well, that's good enough, if we fall into the trap of just giving in and allowing it to happen, guess what? It's going to get worse. Unless you give it the attention that it needs. The moment that we get comfortable in any walk of life, we suddenly find ourselves compromising a little here or a little there. 
in areas that we never imagined that we would compromise. We're no longer giving 100%. We're no longer doing the best that we can do. We're no longer giving it our all. We don't show up on time or we squeak in at the very last moments. We do a half-hearted job, wavering a bit here, allowing that area or this area to fall short, and we simply say, well, that's good enough. See, I believe that God desires and quite honestly deserves so much more. We as believers, we as the church, we as the people of God, we are called to pursue excellence in every single area of life. Now listen carefully today. I'm not just talking about here in these four walls. Now remember, on the onset of this, I challenge you to allow the DNA that runs through our veins as a church to flow through your veins as an individual. So what are you offering to God? When you go to the job site Monday morning, when you sit in that staff meeting, or maybe you're in the tractor, or maybe you're, you're driving the truck, or whatever you happen to be doing, are you giving God your best? Are you offering Him your all? Because this particular core value it impacts not only this one core value, but it realistically impacts all other five. You see, it takes the other five core values and it enhances it to the next level. Every area of our lives, in the church, in our personal life, in our public life, every area must achieve the same goal. Excellence. I want to challenge you in this time, in this moment, to apply all six core values to your personal life, not just when you enter these walls, not just when you serve in ministry, but every day of your life. Today, I want to take some time to look at God's Word. I want to see what it has to say about this pursuit of excellence and how do we go about achieving it in our lives today let me start by giving you the definition of the word excellence the quality of being outstanding or extremely good can you say that definition with me the quality of being outstanding or extremely good. Now, some of you didn't say that, and you didn't give excellence. Some of you said it softly. I want you all to say it with excellence this morning. Read it with me. The quality of being outstanding or extremely good. Let me ask you a question. Do we believe that all of God's Word should be applied into our lives today. Now think about this before you answer too quick. Oh, that, that's the pat answer. Pastor just asked me if the Bible is relevant for today. I better say yes. But I want you to think about this. Do we really believe that we are to apply all of God's Word 
into our lives? I say yes. I say yes. So if that is the case, then what do we do with Colossians chapter 3, verse 17 that says, and whatever you do, look at your neighbor and say, whatever. Whatever you do or say, do as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Whatever you do, whatever you say, no matter whether you're at work, no matter whether you're at home, no matter whether you're serving in ministry here at the church, no matter where you go, whatever you say, whatever you do, should be done according to God's word if we believe this is applicable. All excuses are gone. Everything we say and everything we should we do is to be done as a representative of Jesus Christ. It must be done with utmost excellence. Every ministry, every moment serving, every word we speak, every action that we make must be done to the best of our ability. There is no room for settling for that's good enough. Because God deserves more than good enough. I want to look at three very quick observations of excellence. Number one is this. You were not created to offer mediocrity. You were not created to offer mediocrity. Fair to middling is not where we're called to reside. Some of you were like, I don't know what mediocrity means. Fair to middling. It's not where we're called to reside. God has set his people up for a life of excellence. In fact, he makes it very clear that he would rather that we be hot or cold. Why? Because when we're hot or cold, we know where we're headed. But when we're lukewarm, the Bible says it makes his stomach churn. He spews us out. Why? Because we're undecided. There's no real defining moments of where we stand. We are called to be set apart. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 says this, But you are the ones chosen. Say chosen. You are the ones chosen by God. That scares some of you. Because some of you know you. And you're thinking, how can I be chosen? I don't have the skills. I don't have the abilities. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the patience. How can I be chosen? Because God looks in you and he sees the potential. He sees what he has crafted on the inside of you. The Bible says that he has a, a plan for you, and he's already planned that out long ago for you to achieve mighty things. But you are the ones chosen by God. Why are you chosen? Chosen for the high calling of priestly work. Chosen to be a holy 
people. In other words, to be set apart, to live by a higher standard. God's instruments to do whose work? His work. Is His work just good enough? Come on, is His work just good enough? So we have been chosen by God to do His work and speak out for Him. Why? Because we're His representative. We're His mouthpiece. To tell others the night and day difference He made in you. From nothing to something. From rejected to accepted. I've got good news for you today. God has taken you from nothing to something. God has taken you from rejected to accepted. And He wants you now to share that good news. You are chosen by God. Look at your neighbor, the one you didn't choose a while ago, your second choice. Say, you are chosen by God. Did you see that? You've been singled out. God takes a moment. He scans all the world and he goes, there you are. You're the one I've been looking for. I'm choosing you. Do you remember, do you remember um, gym class in elementary school? Do you remember elementary school? Do you remember that brick building with the little rooms that you... Okay, none of us. Somebody, anybody remember gym class elementary school? I'm going to speak way back here. Gym class elementary school. I was the kid. I know this is going to surprise you. They would choose the team captains, and I'd be the one going, oh, I hope they choose me this time. And it always got down to me and somebody else. And they're like... You can have Chris, and I'll take Sally. Right? But that's not how this works with God. Right off the bat, he looks at you and says, I'm choosing you. Man, I don't know about you, but I'd rather be chosen by God than chosen by any team leader in elementary school. God has chosen you. So how can we settle for good enough? When we've been created and chosen by the creator of the universe. And he already has a plan and a, and a purpose for our lives. Secondly, you have a higher calling. You've been chosen by God and now you have a higher calling. With a higher calling, we can never settle in life. If we do settle for good enough, we're assuming and accepting a calling that is less than that which we were created to accept. Let me say this again. If you have been chosen, which you have, been chosen by God Almighty, and we know that He has a plan and a purpose for us, and Part of that plan is to set you on a higher calling than by accepting, well, that's good enough. We're accepting a calling that is less than what we were called to achieve. We've been called and chosen 
for a higher calling. Number three, you are taken from nothing to something with God. This is good news. This is the game changer for all of us. Colossians chapter 3 verse 10 says this, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Now look at this. This transformation life that we have with Christ it's not instantaneous. Now, it is, but it's not. It's the moment that we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. This is going to get a little crazy for a moment, but buckle up and hold on. The moment we give our life to Christ, instantly our life's changed. Instantly our sins are washed away to be remembered no more. But the problem is there's still too much of me stuck in here. So in order for me to get out of the way, I've got to have less of me and, and more of him. So daily I've got to press into him. Daily I've got to call upon him. Daily I've got to lean upon him. Daily I've got to trust in him. Daily I've got to run to him. Daily I've got to give it to him. And as I continue to do this, I learn more and more each day of what it means to be like him. You guys are quiet today. This is good news. Jesus has made a way to take you from nothing to something. He's made a greater way for you. But is pursuing this life of excellence always easy? No, absolutely not. But the more that we live our life above reproach, the more we function above good enough, the more we become like our Creator. We must take the time to renew our lives with Him. What does that mean? That means daily, Lord, I surrender to You daily. God, I give You my heart. Lord, I come to You once again. Lord, I need You more today than I did yesterday, God. And I guarantee You, I'm going to need You more tomorrow than I do today. So God, right now, renew in me a right spirit. Lord, renew my mind. Lord, renew my actions. God, cleanse me and wash me and purify me and help me to be more and more like you. In fact, we are to set an example for this world of who Jesus really is. After all, the Bible says that we are his representatives. If we're to represent Jesus, then we need to model a life that is an example of who he is. And God truly is the God of excellence. How do I know that? Because when he finished creating the world, what did he say? It is very good. When he got done with everything, now each step of the way, it, it is good. Each step, it is good. Each step, it is good. When he finally got done with everything and all things were complete, he said, it is very good. Now let me remind you of our definition of excellence. The quality of being outstanding or extremely good. Would it, is it safe to say very and extremely kind of coincide together? My God is a God of excellence. Far surpassing 
good enough. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that he didn't settle with, that's good enough. Right? Think about creation for a moment. What would have happened if he would have looked over and said, eh, that'll do. But he processed through until he said, it is very good. And we're to represent him in all that we say and all that we do. Observation number two, we must determine to move toward excellence. It's not enough to have it on the wall out there to say, we pursue excellence because God desires excellence. God deserves excellence. That's not enough. It's not enough to have words on a wall. It's not enough to have it on our website. It's not enough just to preach a message. If we fail to put action to our steps, if we fail to put action to our beliefs, we're wasting our time. We must determine to move toward excellence. There are times in life that we simply need to put action to our faith, to trust in God. Oftentimes we're good at just talk, but stepping up and offering the excellence is not always so easy. I see this in Paul's life. I'm sorry, Peter's life. Peter was in the boat one day with the other disciples, and suddenly Jesus comes walking on the water. Some are saying it's a ghost and different things, and Jesus said, hey, it's me out here, and Peter looks out and says, Lord, if that's really you, then tell me to step out of this boat and walk on the water with you. I would venture to say that that's stepping out into excellence. That was moving beyond good enough. The other guys, hey, we're good enough. We're in the boat. We're good enough. We're not capsizing. We're good enough. We're here together. But Peter's like, no, 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 no. I don't want to be good enough. I don't want to stay in the comfort zone right now. I don't want to stay where you all are right now. I want to step out. I want to pursue excellence. I want to step to where Jesus is. Peter, by faith, stepped out of the boats. But here's what I find interesting. While his eyes were on Jesus, everything was great. While he was pursuing excellence, everything was great. But the moment he began to allow distractions to set in, he began to sink. And I wonder how often... Is that the case in our lives? We question, why am I going through this? Why am I facing this? Why am I experiencing this in life? And oftentimes the answer is because we've gotten our eyes off excellence. How would you like it if God gave you the quality that you offer Him? Come on, think about that. How would you like it if God gave you the quality that you offer to Him or that you offer in everything you say and everything you do? How would you like that? Well, honestly, we wouldn't like that. We would hate that. But fortunately, God every time goes above and beyond to give us 
the absolute best. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 says this, let's make a clean break with everything that defiles and distracts us, both within and without. Let's make the entire lives fit and holy temples. Let's make our entire lives fit and holy temples for the worship of God. In other words, let's pursue excellence in our spiritual walk. It's time for a clean break. It's time to stop settling for good enough. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 tells us that when we come to Christ, we are no longer the same, but we are changed in a moment. We are a new creation. The old life is gone, and suddenly the new life is here. Maybe the old life in you settled for good enough. Maybe the old life for you settled for mediocrity, but you have not been called to settle for good enough. God has called you to a new life. Listen carefully. If you are a ministry leader here at Encounter Church, I'm going to ask you to help take your area of ministry to a brand new level. I'm going to ask you to give it greater attention. I'm going to ask you to be more faithful to not only that area of ministry, but to your uh, relationship with this body, to your attendance with this body, to your connection with God. I'm going to ask you to step it up one notch. If you're a team member, that's what we call our volunteers. Likewise, I'm going to ask you to step up your commitments. To step up what you're offering. Never think of the ministry as a chore, but as a calling that deserves our absolute best. We pursue excellence because God deserves excellence. Number three, excellence is achievable. Excellence is achievable. So what, what must we do? How do we go about achieving excellence? Because I know for some of us, we see the word excellence and we're like, man, that's hard. I'm not sure that I can achieve that because in our mind we have excellence so far up there it's beyond the capability of of, of reaching and we're like, there's no way I can do that but I want you to know that because God has called you to be there, you can't achieve it. Let me give you a couple points. Number one, you got to give it to God. That is not achievable on your own. Why? Because we all falter. We can't do this. We can't lead ministry at an excellence level by ourselves. We can't do ministry at an excellence level by ourselves. We can't achieve anything of excellent standard by ourselves. But we must give it to God. 2 Peter chapter 1 says, By His divine power, God has given us everything. Say everything. He's given us everything we need for living a godly life. I would venture to say we could put the word excellence in there because God is excellence, right? So if God has given us everything we need, then why do we try to mix in our own lazy, settling ingredients? Just give it to God. Let God lead your life. Let God take control of your life, in your personal life, and in the ministry. Romans 12, 1, Paul says, I appeal to you. One translation says, I 
plead with you. Another says, I beseech thee. That's my favorite. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. As I've stated before, God deserves, and honestly, He desires excellence from our lives. So as we offer ourselves to Him, we must present a life that is pursuing the life of excellence, a life above reproach, a life that doesn't settle for good enough. If something is really important in your life, you're going to give it full attention. Right? If you have a hobby, you have something you really enjoy, you're going to give it your utmost attention. Why not give God the best of everything? Number two, make the most of your life. First, you've got to give it to God. If you want to pursue excellence, you've got to give it to God. Number two, you've got to make the most of your life. This is where the church has got to step up. Now listen, I'm not just talking about the corporate church. I'm not talking about this building. I'm talking about us. We are the church. The church must step up and set the example to our world. It was Dr. Robert Shuler that once said this, the hardest struggle of all is to be something different from what the average man is. Think about that. The hardest struggle is to be something different than the average man. God desires in counter church to strive for excellence. The greatest thing that any of us will ever hear from God is well done. Well done, my good and faithful servants. See, I want all that I do personally, and I want all that we do as a, a church, encounter church, to honor God to the fullest, not settling for half-hearted ministry, not settling for good enough. After all, Colossians states this, Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Paul goes a bit deeper in his account to the church in Ephesus when he says this in Ephesians chapter 5, Wake up! Wake up from your sleep. Climb out of your coffins. Boy, that'll preach right there. How many churches are dead asleep? We've buried ourselves in the coffin. We've even thrown dirt over the top and said, well, we're just going to function this way forever. But Paul says, wake up! Climb out of your coffins. Christ will show you the lights. So watch your step. Use your head. Make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. It's time to quit sleeping spiritually on the job. It's time to wake up and get out of the coffin. It's time to use our heads. If you remember in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Let God transform you by renewing the way you think. That's in your mind. Use your head. 
give attention and give thought. Pursue excellence. Make the most of every opportunity in the church and outside the church. It's time to begin to wake up. It's time to pursue excellence. Why? So that we can say that we do everything with excellence? No. We pursue excellence because God deserves excellence. Would you pray with me today, God? We need help. Lord, this particular core value has taken the other five core values, which honestly, some of them are difficult on their own. And it's ramped this whole thing up to a brand new level. So we need your help. Lord, give us boldness to be faithful in our pursuits, to keep our eyes upon you, to allow you, God, to renew, transform, mold, and shape us into the high calling that you've set before us. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, vitally important question here, most important question that I could ever ask you. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Have you taken the time to say, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me. Make me brand new. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I don't have Jesus in my life. I haven't asked him to forgive me. If that is you, I want to give you an opportunity right now to do that. Would you raise your hand? I will not embarrass you. I promise you. I just want to pray with you today. All across the house. My second question is this. You're here and you say, Pastor, I'm ready. I'm ready to step to that next level. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know really what's required. But like Peter, I'm ready to step out of the boat. I'm ready to pursue excellence. I want to represent Jesus well. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Yeah, I've got hands going up all over the room. All over the room. Would you stand with me all across the house? I want to pray with you this morning. Then we're going to wrap up with one final worship course. But let me pray with you today. God, I pray right now for every person in this room. Every young adult, every teenager, every married couple, every mom, every dad, every grandma, every grandpa, every aunt, uncle. Lord, every person that's here, Lord, and many of them raise their hand this morning saying, you know what? I'm ready. I'm ready to pursue excellence. So God, here's what I ask. Would you help us? Because we understand that it's not always going to be easy. We'll face opposition. 
Lord, I would venture to say that, that Peter had guys in the boat going, dude, what are you doing? But Lord, he sought after you. He kept his eyes on you, Lord. As long as he kept his eyes upon you, Lord, he walked on the water. He pursued excellence, Lord. But when he got distracted, he began to sink. Lord, we don't want to sink. We want to walk on the water with you. We want to walk toward you. We pursue excellence today. So, Lord, help us, each and every one of us today, to be who you want us to be, God, to do what you want us to do, Lord, to represent you above all else with utmost excellence. Lord, we thank you, God, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Let me talk to you real quick before we wrap up. <laughs> Just simply raising the hand and praying a prayer, listen carefully, does not guarantee that everything is going to be smooth sailing from here on out. Again, let's talk about Peter. At first, everything was great, right? Then he heard the storm. He saw the wave out of the peripheral vision. And he turned and glanced. You're going to have some waves. You're going to see some things in your spiritual peripheral. You're going to have some distractions in life. But if you will keep your eyes on Jesus... I'm telling you, it's going to work. It's going to work. So every day, every day, when you rise in the morning, say, God, I give you this day. Lord, I give you my life. Lord, I pursue excellence with you. And we begin to do that. I'm telling you what, you're going to see a radical change, not only in your life, but in the circle of influence around you. Amen? Amen.